Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. wants to recreate that passion, that zeal for Him and for all that He's doing especially. And I really believe He's calling you to engage what He's already doing in people's lives, at work, at play, at the sports fields, whatever, down the beach, no matter where you go, God's at work in your friends and family. God's at work in every single person. And so this morning, Lord, I'd just love to lay a foundation of how to reach out to our friends and family, of how to reach out to these people that, that ultimately need God. Amen. They ultimately need God. I know they might be comfortable. I know they might be comfortable in, in, their, in, their, in, their, in their world, house and job and their health, and, but... Ultimately, let's be honest, they need God. Ultimately, they need God. And we would look upon their life and say, but they're all right. They don't need the God I serve. They don't need the God. They don't need God to provide for them like, like our sister here. They, 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 they do all right, Pastor Phil. They, they, they don't need God to heal their body. But they do. They need God. They need the God of salvation. They need God to heal them, to bless them, to anoint them with such a fulfillment in life that they would, they just, they wouldn't believe what God has got in store for, for these precious people. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even contemplated what God can do through a life that gives themselves wholly and solely to Him and says, God, I'm yours. Flow through me, bless me. But bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can take a seat. Amen. Wonderful. Well, another great full house and God's good. I, I just wonder if you could stand up. Madri Lamrock, just stand up where you are because you just, I just found out you're taking on a big job uh, just north of here looking after. You had 16 students. Uh, these young girls have fallen pregnant. They've fallen out of school. And uh, this is a great program from Gosford Christian uh, School, where my daughters all have attended, and uh, you're one of the great teachers there, but you've taken up a new role in that program, in the Dale College program, whereby um, you're not only looking after 16 girls, and there's one man, a young man, I believe, two men, I don't know how that figures, but I, I, sure, they're young dads, okay, they're young dads, so, but... Um, Julia was telling me, you guys are really under the pump there because you got 40 girls now, 40 in that program, 40. You're in new facilities, in new facilities, but, um, but still, you guys are run off your feet. It, you know, of course, you're running on a oil of a, you know, you know, smell of an oily rag, that's right, yeah. And, um, and so, we bless you right now and your teachers. Can you just stand there? And we just pray for you, but pray for all the workers. And we know some of those people 
the, the mills. Um, like, anyway, we know a bunch of those precious people. Right now, we pray for blessings to that program, but to the workers, to the teachers, to Marjorie Lamrock. Right now, as we bless you and anoint you, may you, may you take that anointing and that blessing back into that program Monday morning. And may the atmosphere change as you walk through that program, as you walk through your days in that program. May the, may, the, may the power of God be able to reconcile those tender hearts to Jesus. And may they understand who Jesus is. And may they understand the great love that he has for them. And so, God, I just pray the anointing upon you, Marjorie, to give you, to give you strength, to give you wisdom and understanding how to best do that great job. And I bless you, marvelous woman of God, awesome woman of God. You are amazing. Thank you. God bless you. Just stepping up and doing that is just, boy, boy, as if you haven't got enough problems of your own. Give her a hand over, man. Fantastic. Awesome. How's that leg? Getting there. Good. We've got some people down. and mm. Tim McGrath. Let's give it up for Tim. He's the man. He's in the house. The legend. The legend of C3 worldwide. And his trusty partner, who he dearly loves with all his heart, never stops talking about her, and uh, trying to be, help me paint my house once, and, and Colleen this, Colleen that. Colleen could do this better than I could. Colleen could get this going. Colleen could uh, prepare lunch better than you, Pastor Phil. Colleen. <laughs> She could do. <laughs> I got a message, but I, I'd love to be able to just um, do it in two parts, and I'd love to be able to just lay a foundation. The message comes from our heart, and this month we're talking about reaching out um, to, to people in our world, and, um, and uh, we, we're talking about reaching out, but next month we, we're going we're to believe that we can set the church up every Sunday to, to reap a harvest, to, to bring your friends and family and maybe they get blessed and, you know, something happens and they acknowledge God and, and uh, they come to Jesus. Would that be a good idea? You have to be absolutely confident of this stuff. Otherwise, you'll just never, you'll just never reach out. And so, so there's a couple of complications. If you haven't got faith to reach out to people to go public, uh, for God, I mean, to, to come out of that privacy. And pe if people think that your, your Christianity is private, they will leave you alone because that's the mindset out there, that it's private to you. If you're a Buddhist, if you're a Scientologist, if, if you're some sort of religious persuasion, and, you, and if you're quiet about it, you, your friends will be obliging and they will not, they won't ask you any questions. Is that right? God bless you guys, three guys here, fantastic. And, and, and so, but if you start to just meet it out a little bit, if you just start to just say, hey, yeah, I went to church on Sunday. Yeah, I prayed for my kid, it was my, my daughter was really sick and I prayed for them. And if they just get a whiff that you, you, your Christianity is practical and that you, you use it during the week, they might, they might, hello, they might ask you some questions. But if you're just quiet about it, oh, they're a, you know, they're, you're in the workplace and someone says, I think they're a Christian. I think. I'm not, I just, just saw a sticker on the back of the 
Maybe you could ask him, look, I know you're in a desperate situation, but I think, I'm not sure you could ask him. You know, but if you're just, you know, you're doing Facebook and, you know, you're just saying God's good and, you know, and you're walking out your days just being happy to be a God believer and, and your vocabulary is, 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 you know, expressing that at times and not overbearing and, but um, still even that, that's hard. So I really sympathize for people who are in a quandary and my heart for this message is those people that are in a quandary when we say the church, when Jesus says to you, go out and make disciples, and, um, and you just, man, you're just stuck right there. You just know you cannot do that, and you, you, it's just not going to happen. So I've been through a lot of church over the years, and I've heard a lot of preaching and a lot of instruction how to witness and that, but I think what I'm about to say here is probably what's going to get you over the line. Then the next message will be about how to do it. Because can I tell you something? Everywhere I go in Australia, in my community right now, everywhere I go, everywhere, in every shop, everywhere I go, sounds like a song, everywhere. Anyway, I'm having flashbacks, it's all right. Um, everywhere I go, I, I, I encounter people where God is working in their life and then seemingly I have opportunity to just encourage more of the same. Everywhere I go. It might happen in one minute. It might happen after five minutes. It might happen after ten minutes. But the God factor eventually comes to play. Now there's ways to do that. There's ways to do that. That, that doesn't come easy either. But so I want, I want to set you, I, I want to release you from, uh, I, I want to somehow give you revelation to understand how to reach your friends at school, you know, and, and how to reach these people around your life where it's natural, you're not burdened by it, and, and actually it becomes an adventure in your life to walk out your days, to be used of God beyond your natural ability, personality. You, are, you, you, you know God has used you. Who's ever experienced that? Yeah. You know that wasn't me. What happened back there? Oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? I prayed for I, I said Jesus was Lord. What did I do? What, I said he could heal that. What did I do that for? That's crazy. Have, have you ever been like that? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then in that, God does something that you can't do. Because once you get that, that seed, and once you, you, once you get that reality check, just as simple as that, to them, seemingly God works with that. And he breaks into their dreams at night. God, what was all that about? Oh, that's right, I met that lady, that friend. They said just two words to me, and now, <gasps> but first I've got to prove to you how, how God can, um, and, and what you need to know about God to be able to bear witness of him. And I'd like to do that this morning. Is that cool? So let, let's do it. Everyone, by the way, and this message I should say is eyes wide open. I love that. Do you like that? That's our graphic team. And, and 
if I say eyes wide open, I would say this too, uh, how to live the full adventure of knowing and doing the will of God. Mm. How to live the full adventure of knowing and doing the will of God. Everyone wants to experience God and to do His will. Do they not? Can I ask you that question? Does everyone want to experience God? Do you really want to experience God? Can I tell you this? The way the Bible talks about experiencing God is doing His will when you're obedient to Him. That's why giving is powerful. That's why witnessing is powerful. Praying is powerful. Being obedient to God is experiencing God. So let's, let's check this stuff out. Um, of course, you can't know God by method or some program or, or ultimately what the Bible talks about is that we experience God or get to know God by experience. And how that happens is that it's revealed to us. It's revealed to us. I, I want to um, talk about a little bit about the story of, of C3 personally, but C3 as a church and how we have experienced God. Um, how ordinary believers have, as God said, stepped out of the boat and whoa, what are we doing? We're going to build a church. We're going to believe for healing. We're going to lay a driveway, $20,000. Uh, how have we done this is exactly just that. We've heard God's voice. It's been revealed to us. And we've had a decision whether to do it or not. We've had a decision whether to say, no, I'm not getting out of the boat. Uh, or yes, man, I'm just feeling like this is my day. I think I can do this. I'm, I'm getting out of the boat myself, but I'm getting out of the boat with all these crazy people, the church, and we're going to believe together. And God does something through that. When that happens, people experience God. Paul says it like this, 1 Corinthians 2.4, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. So when you start to believe beyond your natural resource, be, even beyond your natural reasoning, it's usually there that you experience God. Amen? It really is. I see that in prayer meetings. I see that in people believing. Rachel Mondell, I got to go. I just know. I just got to believe. I just got to. I just got to do it. I got to step out, and then God supplies. But then God reveals Himself by a na by by one of His natures to you. There's the, the nature of God has been revealed to you, Rachel, that He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. I couldn't have told you that. I couldn't have preached that into you. I couldn't have, you couldn't have done a program, How to Believe Jehovah Jireh, uh, and we do a program or, or something. No, you have to experience that. And now that you've experienced that, you will live with that for the rest of your days. That's why it's important to obey God and to see him break in on that and go, well, thank you. Rachel, you trusted me, and now I will, I will meet your need. Bang. And God's nature has been revealed. She learns from that, and she will grow through that. She will get to know God through that, in fact. Does that make sense? 
powerful stuff. I'm getting somewhere with this. So it's basically the story of C3 Tugger. In fact, we would like everyone in this church to get to know God more through experiencing God, not just through the sermon, not just through your attentiveness uh, to, to come to all these wonderful things that we do, but we want you to experience God in all that he can do for you, for you, for you, for you, and for you. We want you to experience, and what's this experience amount to? God's great love to you. God's great love. You cannot imagine how much he loves you and wants to bless you. It's ridiculous. I really sense, I really sense in my heart there's a spiritual awakening. I think there is an urgency of times. Um, I think God is saying, wake up, open your eyes, and because and, and, I'm going to turn up the heat. I, I, I want you to be, I want you to be uh, mobilized, church. I, I want you to come, I want you to get out of the boat. That's what happened for Julie and I and our family. In 93, we had an encounter with God. We, God literally tipped us out of the boat. We just didn't walk out of the boat. We got tipped out of the boat, and we had to walk on water. And that, that, that for us, was answering uh, the call of God on our life. That was answering the call of God. That was leaving all the security systems that I knew about how to, to raise my family and how to, to, to do life and, and leaving that and saying, God, now I've got to trust in you like Rachel Mundell. I've got to trust that you will, you will feed my family and pay the mortgage and, and because this is, this is going to be a wild ride. This is faith. This is what faith's about. Eyes opening. Acts 9.18 says it like this. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And then he got up and was baptized. His natural response when the scales fell off his eyes. Lord, right now I just pray that people's scales on their eyes, if they can't see you, the blinders, veils, something. It, it's like scales in this, in this scripture. But but right now, I just pray that, that the veils that separate your people from you and seeing you and your vision, Lord, would just fall, would be removed from their eyes. And the response of Paul was that he got up and he was baptized. And when you look at what's baptism, Romans 6, 4 says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we make to live a new life. And Julie was saying to me, you know what? I just feel so young yesterday. It's a new life, this life. You can feel so young living in the presence of God. Actually, I feel like I'm 18. I mean, I do have some wake-up calls when I go to play tennis or... Um, or I try and run fast. Um, notice I said fast. Uh, but I, it, it, there's a newness about this. This is a new life, guys. You're a new creation. And in that, there's a whole new adventure that beckons you. The scales have fallen off Paul's eyes he gets water baptized. I'm, un, I'm, I'm in, boots and all. He, he 
dies to everything who he is, he comes up and now he surrenders his whole life to God and serves him. I think it's exactly the same with us. I think our prayers are being answered. The, um, I, I think boundary blockages are, are being removed for us to get the gospel through. I, I really feel that our community is open to engage them with church and the gospel and even yourself. I feel like the blockages, the, the resistors are, are diminishing and the community's just there waiting for us to engage. I feel God's raising up leaders, young men and women and all the generations to be able to reach and teach and, and reach out to those people. I really feel, believe, I really believe that God is mobilizing the church He's galvanizing the church into a, a, a singular effort to want to reach out. That coming to church is not just a religious duty anymore. People feel in their heart of hearts, times are desperate and they want to avail themselves. Is that you? You want to avail yourself to the predicament that is on the planet. God can do that. Through prayer, we're getting this. God is showing this through prayer that this is the time to open our eyes unto the harvest. People are offering their time, their talent, their treasure. People are offering themselves in a most definite way. Everyone wants to know the will of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, and I hope that you're saved this morning. If you're not, there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service to, to acknowledge God so that you can, can have this as a reality. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation. Look at Ollie Schofield. He's a brilliant example of someone with the ministry of reconciliation. He's saying, I know it's in me, the ministry of reconciliation. And, and, and you know, so he's, he's doing the youth, the SG youth, he serves there, and he loves to see young people come to Christ because he's got the ministry of reconciliation. He's on, the, he's on the soccer field. It's still there. It's still on him. He's coming to church. He serves in the church because he loves to see people being reconciled to God. It's a beautiful thing. What about Kay, the, the Hawaiian couple here? Kay and Matt. Kay is just a brilliant administrator. Matt is a guru with social media and sociological understanding of how the, the world works out there in terms of, yeah, the digital age and... But these guys, they know that God is using their, their giftedness to what? Reconcile people. We're going into a new day with our C3 Facebook page. You'll see, you'll see some things change there. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Verse 19, not counting men's sins against them. We're not judging them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We have a message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God's making himself known to us that we would reconcile all the peoples around our life. He's making his purposes and his plans known to us through the word, through praying, through coming to church, that he is wanting to reach out like never before. John 17 verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It's not about programs. It's not about studies. It is ultimately knowing about God. God wants to, God wants to know you by this amazing love relationship. He wants to bring you, not just to be a servant, but he wants to love you and be intimately acquainted with you. Ultimately, by him proposing you to do his bidding, to do his will, is about obeying him and, and listening to him, and then by doing that, that you experience him and then fall more in love with him, amen? It's not about dutifully, I've got to serve God, you know, I've got to go to Africa now and serve God in Africa. No, it's not about that. It's about God includes us in these marvelous plans and, and, and because he loves you. And there's so much more to your life than presently there is. But he, he wants you to understand, ultimately, it's about not dutifully serving him, but being madly in love with him. Absolutely, he wants to love you. He wants you to love him. And in that great love relationship, there's a great adventure of obeying God's will. It's through that relationship that we obey God and then he accomplishes things that we cannot accomplish. That's why any great thing that you see in our life or the life of this church is not by us, it's ultimately him. How did he do all this? How does he heal people? We went to see Meg Yates and great report there. I went on Wednesday, Katrina went I think on Friday and the mother's so blessed with this church. I met the mother, she's really grieved about her daughter, seeing her daughter go through a major operation. She's had cancer removed from her stomach, and, um, and the good news is it's all been removed. Praise God. And she's saying, thank you, church. Thank you for believing. Thank you for stepping out of the boat. Didn't have to take the lymph nodes out, which could have been really complicated. No chemo. It's all been removed. She's just got to get over that. But she's saying, thank you, church, for stepping out of the boat and believing in the nature of God that he wants to heal. He's our healer. He's our provider. It's absolutely true. He wants to reveal his will to us. But the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Did you get that? So ultimately, spiritual matters, when you are with your friend, I can't help it, but I've got to allude to some of this. I don't want to spoil it for the next message, but um, I need a man. 
Need a man. Marty, stand up. If what a man, too. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and a tan. Wow. This guy's just awesome. I just love this guy. He's come from Victoria. He's going, I see the urgency of the times. I feel awakening in my heart. Was going to church, just dutifully attending. He was on a very good wicket down there. He's, um, he's, he's a great guy. He's got a great family, great backdrop of good family, hard workers, awesome. But he, and you know, he's got a lot of vested interest down there. But he said he come to this church, had an encounter with God. And he said, Pastor Phil, I don't know what it is, but I think I'm being called to this church. And, uh, and I just want to serve God. And so it, that's been an awesome thing. Give it up for Marty. He's awesome. He's back with us. He's uh, been gone, but he's back now. And, um, but, okay, let's use you as an example. I was going to use you as a, as a, as a stranger, but, but as, I, as I was coming, as I was glancing uh, Marty when he was visiting here through Libby's uh, great family, Libby Scott and um, Nourish Cafe. Let's give it up for Libby Scott, Nourish Cafe. Awesome. I've got to do that because we've got to keep Craig on side to do our driveway. <laughs> That, that was part of the deal. We got it, we got it. That's that. We got to advertise Nourish Cafe to get the driveway done. So as I come, I just sense God's in his life. I just sense God's over his life. God's working in his life. I just sense it. And if you got any spiritual sort of um, discernment, you would have felt the same, amen? But I got to him first. And I said, Marty, I don't know what it is about you, but I just see you through the crowd and I just see God's on you. God's wants to do something in you, and, uh, you know, God's got some good stuff for you. What do you think of that? He said, man, two words, yeah, I could do with more of that talk. And so I just spoke that again into him, and uh, ultimately, it meant him answering his high calling, not just the calling of salvation, but his calling to serve God. God bless you, man. Um, And he's responded. But to be able to do that, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So a lot of this discernment that you need to have when you get out and about with your friends and family is spiritual. You need to be able to discern what God's doing in their life. Amen? We need to be able to, Marjorie, you need to be able to discern spiritually what God is doing in all those precious lives that you, that you serve down there. Once you get the heads up of just an inkling, that gives you a working relationship. I mean the spiritual working relationship, where it's just not carnal and secular. That this arrangement, this friendship between you and I is nothing more than a working relationship. I, I come to work, I see you, I just know you. Just get this straight, this is just a secular arrangement. Well, I think that cannot be that cannot be so for born-again Christians. Everyone we, everywhere we go, everyone is having something done in their life through God. Right. Amen? Right. No matter where you go, and I know there's a lot of, you know, decorum and, you know, sensitivities of how to, how to relate to those people, and you don't want to be overbearing, and you don't want to get weird, but you, you want to retain the best relationship, but at the same time, they need to know that you believe in God and that God might speak through you to them. Amen? It might happen. Just get used to it, friend. It might happen. It might happen this lunch break, but it might happen tomorrow. You've got to understand that, that this is how I'm wired. And you can do that because of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, 
John 14, 26, and you do have the Holy Spirit, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So that the Holy Spirit's trying to teach you. Say, the Holy, say this, Holy Spirit, you are my teacher. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to do God's bidding and do God's will, amen? The Holy Spirit will teach you how best to do this. If you try and do it on your own, you will come at the wrong time, you'll speak at the wrong time, and, and it'll just be awkward and it won't be good. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, and it happens in a nanosecond, that the Holy Spirit now, and you gotta respond in mid-conversation, when, when they're just talking about this and that, and then you, and the Holy Spirit goes, now. And then you jump in and say, but God. And you know, you know you've been given an opportunity. Wow. You just know that this is not awkward. You haven't got egg on your face. That now you have a position to introduce God in that situation. It can happen to your loved ones. It can happen to your mum and dad, your brother or sister. It can happen to anyone. It's happened to, with my father. I've known him all the days of my life, but I know when I was talking to him once, I just had bang, an opening, a door opening. You ever heard of that? A window of opportunity. You ever heard of that saying? A window of opportunity. And I said, Dad, listen to me. Don't, don't, Jesus, yes, God, yes. God loves you. Boom. And don't outstay your welcome because the, the window's shutting, but get that, get that in, and then bang. I think I had about two minutes with him before he said, that's it, that's all I can take. John 7, 17, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God. Basically, Jesus is trying to say, or whether I speak on my own. Basically, this is something about, if it was my will, you will know it. You will know that it was God because God will do something significant. God will, God will touch their life, bless their life. You would have known that you've invoked some blessing if it was God. If God said to do it, you will know and it will be significant. Amen? It will be significant. We know corporately and individually how God has figured in the life of this church and it's been when God has said, do it, and I'll make sure it gets done, amen? John 17, verse three, let's check this out. Now, this is eternal life. Let's go back to this scripture. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus said that eternal life is knowing God, not knowing about God, not knowing of God, but actually knowing him. And so in the scriptures, in the scripture, knowledge of God comes from experience. We come to know God as we experience Him in and around our life. Rachel Mondale, you have experienced God as Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider, like Abraham did, amen? If you look at the story of Abraham, he's been asked to sacrifice his one and only son, and his son goes, where are we going, Dad? This is a bit awkward. And Abraham says, by faith, he says in Genesis 22, verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offerings, my son. And the two of them went up together. See, Abraham just knew that God was going to come through, but he, 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 you know, he had to wait until he did come through. When he did come through, it became that great name, Jehovah Jireh. Hebrew names, uh, depict 
the nature and the character of God. What does Jehovah Jireh mean? He's your provider. He's my provider. So right there on that mountain, when Abraham saw the thicket and the angel said, stop, Abraham, stop. And he looked, saw the lamb in the thicket. There's the provision. There's the sacrifice. Didn't have to sacrifice his son. He said, oh my God, he did provide. You did provide. You are Jehovah Jireh. In Hebrew terms, Names represented the nature of, of people and their character. Amen? I'm getting somewhere. I'm nearly done. Another experience in the Scriptures revealed God's name as the Lord is my banner. You know the story. Joshua, he's fighting the Amalekites. Moses is up on the mountain. He's praying. As long as he holds his arms up, all is good. All is well. The battle is won. If he drops his arms, Moses, if he drops his arms... The, the battle, be, they lose, start to lose the battle. And Joshua's going, keep those arms up. Out of that, Moses puts a mon, makes a monument, an altar, and he says, the Lord is my banner. After winning that battle, he says, well, we know this to be true. This day today, we know this, the Lord is our banner. He's our standard. The standard is what you hold up in front of the army as you go into battle. As long as that standard was held up, you had victory, Amen. So God reveals himself on purpose to reveal his character. And all through the Bible, he, he, he reveals himself in different ways. I want to get to that. John 14, 21 says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Again, it's about a love relationship. Obeying God is about a love relationship. At the end of the day, obeying God is about God loving you and you having a love relationship with Him. When you're madly in love with who God is, but who is, who is God, Pastor Phil? Who is God? And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the nature and the meaning of God. The, the character, the nature of God. When we invoke someone's name, we invoke their presence. When we call on God in His various names, we, we call upon Him to come in that capacity. When we understand the nature of God, it's then when we can understand how to best give God away. Amen? If you don't ultimately understand who God is, you don't want to give God away. If you don't believe He's a deliverer, a healer, provider, you won't give God away. You, don't, you just haven't got confidence. But all through the Bible, God had revealed himself in all manner of ways. And he says, I am your healer. I am your deliverer. I do look after the widows. So the last thing I want to do is go through these names. Psalm 89 verse 15 says, before we go there, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness. Your name, but what does your name mean when we worship your name, when we invoke your name? What, what, what does it mean, Lord God? Let's, let's just check this out. Let's, let's, let's do this. If we were to rattle off these names, which are the nature and the character of God and how he has revealed himself through the ages. Uh, I wonder if I could have the names of God. If they come up, let me know. On PowerPoint, my witness is the first one. Yeah, let's just go through them. 
Let's all stand, God bless you. Lord God, let's just pray before we do this. Leave that up. I'm not sure how best to represent you, Lord God. I know you, God. I know Jesus is the Lord of my life. I do want to reach out, Lord. I do want to tell my friends more about you. And I know ultimately, Lord, it's not about just serving you and but ultimately it's about you being madly in love with me and, and you wanting to know me and bless me and 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 that's that's the absolute that's the foundation of of what he wants. He, he wants you but then in that in that love relationship he can flow through you and bless others. Lord, but still I'm not quite sure how to represent you. I'm not quite sure about the nature of God. So Lord, would you through these, through these names, your names, would you help me understand, Lord God, as I speak your name and invoke your presence to my life right now, in this church right now, would, Lord, I understand that you are a great God, that you are an awesome God. These are the names of God. These came at certain times, in the history of, of the Bible, revelation that God, you are this. God, you are that. God, you are this. God becomes great, awesome, and magnificent as you experience God by obeying His will, doing His will. God, you're my witness. You're the bread of life. You comfort me in sorrow. You wouldn't understand the God of comfort if He's never comforted you in sorrow, by the way. But if you've been sorrowful and if you've had grief and whatever, and if He's comforted you, you, you know God comforts, all right? He's my hope. Have you experienced God in hope? He's my wonderful counselor. Has anyone been given any wisdom beyond their natural comprehension? You're the defender of widows, the strength of my salvation, faithful and true. Our Father, He's personal. Our Father, who art in heaven, a sure foundation. This is solid. My friend, this is personal. Yes. He's almighty God. Do you know that? Do you know that that's the nature and character of God? That He's almighty. God of all comfort. God who saves me. Do you, do you really believe God can save your friends and family? Do you believe that that's the nature of God? That He can save your friends and family? Or this is just for an exclusive few? Our head, He's the head of the church. Our help, my hiding place, a great high priest, holy one in your midst and righteous judge, King of kings. He's our life. He's all of our life. Lord of lords, Lord of the harvest, mediator. He's our peace, Prince of peace, my redeemer, refuge and strength, my salvation. He is my help. You're all that and more. He's my good shepherd. You are Lord. You are my stronghold. You are my support. That's all He is. And that's what He wants to bless people with. At least something of that where you have experienced God and where now you can comfort. My last scripture, it'd have to be this, 2 Corinthians 1.4. And it leads us to our next message. Who comforts us in all these different ways so that we can comfort those others in trouble 
with the comfort, with the revelation that we've received, we ourselves have received revelation. Rachel, you've received revelation that God is Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. You can reach out to others that are struggling with people who need jobs, who need breakthrough financially. They need a miracle financially. You can stand because you can give an account because revelation has been given into you. And that's how God, that's how God teaches us. That's how God grows us up. And God, a couple of weeks ago, He was saying, you know, I'm going to teach Rachel something. I'm going to teach him something more of my. I'm going to teach her something more of my nature, that I am Jehovah Jireh, that I am your provider, Rachel. And that's what you did, sister. When you pulled the plug on the security things, the things of this world, you said, you know what? I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to do what Pastor Garth said. Step out of the boat. When you did that, God says, "Great. Now I can teach her a lesson. See, I gotcha." See, the money came. And now through that, you have grown. And through that, you have experienced God. You have experienced God, Rachel. You have, and that's much more than knowledge. You can have someone know 10 Bible verses on prosperity and provision. But because God has met you and you've experienced God, that will live, you, live with you forever. And that's what you can give away. You can give that away. So Father, we stand right now and say, God, Teach us that you are Lord, that you are God, that you are the Lord of the Lords, that you're you're our helper, that you're our counselor, that you're you're our redeemer, that you're our guide, our head. You're our great high priest. You're the righteous judge. You're the king of kings. You're the Lord of the harvest. You're our wonderful counselor. You're my hope, my witness, my bread of life. Lord God, I pray that I would experience you in all these wonderful, magnificent ways that I would experience you, God, in all these marvelous We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.